you would, turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Today, we're going to talk about remembering freedom's price. Because freedom always costs someone something. And so, I want to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 24 and 25. And I want to read something here. And it says in verse 24, And when he had given thanks, he broke it, Jesus. And he said, Take, eat, this is... My body, which is broken for you. And notice what he said. Do this how? In remembrance of me. So, so believe it or not, every time we partake of communion, it's Memorial Day. Because we're remembering the ultimate sacrifice that was paid for the freedom that we have to be free spiritually, to be free financially, to be free physically, and to be free eternally. How many of y'all know that's a great blessing? Then he goes on to say, in the same manner, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. He says, this do as often as you drink it. How? In remembrance of me. It's a memorial. And so I was in there studying, and I came out, and I said to my wife, we should have communion at this Memorial Day service. Of course, it was just too late to pull it all together. But from here on out, we will have communion at this Memorial Day service to commemorate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. John chapter 8, turn there very quickly, and let's look at verse 36. You can really read from 31 to 36, but I want to read verse 36. We just sung the song from this text. It says, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Somebody say it with confidence. Say, I am free. free. Say it again. I am free. free. Now go ahead and lift your hands and just thank God for that freedom today. You say, I don't feel free. It's not a feeling. It's a knowing. Because he made you free, then what we have to do is receive the freedom, walk in the freedom, even when our circumstances are contrary, it does not change what he made us. And the more we focus on what he made us, then it will change our physical circumstances. So as we take time tomorrow to remember the sacrifices of others, we also need to be thankful for our freedom and our liberty. I want to welcome everyone that's watching by Facebook Live today, Periscope. We're glad to have you. You can follow along uh, your YouVersion app uh, where it says events, linked up church. All of the notes are right there, so you can follow right along and even add notes to the notes that are there. It's a general outline, but you can add your notes to it as well. The word liberty means the condition of those who are free and independent, not confined. And I love this. We don't look at it this way, but liberty means also having rights. So I mean, we have a right to be healed. I mean, you have a right to be debt-free. Oh. You have a right, not because of anything that you've done, but someone actually paid the price for you to have that freedom. I got it even better from you. You have a right to live forever. And so, we have rights as citizens of the United States of America, but we also have rights as believers in the body of Christ. 
So I'm glad God allowed me to be born, to grow up, to live, and to serve him in America. If you've ever traveled anywhere outside of the United States of America, listen to me. When you get off the plane and come back, you will, when you see people, when they land and they literally get on their knees and they kiss the ground, it's a reason for that. America is a great place to live. And we should never take for granted the freedoms and privileges and rights that we have in this great country. So I'm glad God allowed me to be born and to grow up and to live and to serve him in America. But there are some things about freedom that we need to remember. There are really two points I want to talk about today. Freedom's price and then freedom's purpose. So in looking at freedom's price, there there are two things up underneath that. It's our country's freedom, and then it's the Christian's freedom. Let's look at our country's freedom for a moment. These points should go up on the screen from the back. Are these going up with me as well? Our country's freedom, we know we had the Revolutionary War, and we had the Civil War. During both of those wars, 618,222 people were killed. 400,175 were wounded. Every time I read this, we don't realize the magnitude. During World War I, 50,585 U.S. soldiers were killed. 205,690 were wounded, just so that you can sit in that seat and not be concerned about somebody busting through that door today. And then we have the right to carry something if they do bust through that door. And let the church say, see, we'll make them think twice around linked up church. They get over there talking about, don't move. Might be too late. Let the church say amen. All right, watch this. World War II. 292,000 soldiers were killed. The Korean War. 125 were killed or wounded. Vietnam. 58,000 were killed. So that's a total of 1,749,672 lives impacted so that we can get up and go to work every single day. Come on, somebody. So that we can live in the houses that we live in, drive the cars that we drive. We have that because somebody sacrificed their life thinking about people that they didn't know so that we can enjoy life the way we enjoy it today because they valued our country, they valued where we live, and they wanted a better place, not just for themselves, but for their children, their children's children. Folks, we need to thank God for every soldier that laid their life down so that we could have what we have today. Come on, you can do better than that. Let's thank God for every soldier that laid their life down. And of course, We're not even adding up numbers from Iraq and Afghanistan and all of the other wars that are still going on. This is just up until that point so that we can enjoy what we enjoy today. So America's freedom and liberty had a great price tag. Let's look at the Christian's freedom. I won't be before you long today. I know it's a holiday weekend and many of you have made plans. Let's look at the Christian's freedom. 
On a hill far away, a man hung on an old rugged cross. So he was able to look thousand year, thousands of years down the road and see you and I. That emblem we know is an emblem of suffering and shame. Go to Matthew chapter 26 and let's look at verse 67 together. Matthew 26 and 67. It says, then they spit in his face and beat him. Now, when I read that last night, he didn't respond to that. Now, just knowing most human beings, and I'm talking about saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, and that with a mighty burning fire, Christians, saints, let somebody spit in our face. But see, he wasn't thinking about himself. He was thinking about you. So then they spit in his face and they beat him. Another struck him with the palms of their hands. In other words, they slapped him. And all I can think about again, I could have come out of 21 days of prayer and fasting. <laughs> and most likely, if you slap me the day I came out of prayer, I'm at my highest point. My initial human response will probably be to slap you back. Am I the only one willing to be honest in the building today? I'm talking about 21 straight days of prayer and fasting. <laughs> Nothing but liquids, praying hours a day. As soon as I come out of it and, saw, and you slap me, my initial reaction would be to And then I remember I just fasted for 21 days and pray for you. I'm just being very honest today, right? But he took that because he had you on his mind. So they abused him. Of course, I could have got all the verses for these. They scourged him. They mocked him. They stripped him. They made him carry his cross. They crowned him with thorns, which was a mockery. They nailed his feet and his hands to the cross. They dropped the cross in the ground, causing all of his joints to come out of socket. They gave him vinegar to drink. Then they pierced his side with a spear. And he took all of that because he wanted something better for us. What I pray I'm able to convince you of today is to really walk in the better that he wanted for you. Let's look at freedom's purpose for the believer. Number one, you were saved to serve. Let's look at that in the natural. No one enlists in the army to sit down and watch. You know why a person enlists for the army? Because they want to be a part of the action. They want to fight to further our freedoms. 
and to keep the ones that we already have. And so God did not save any of us to sit. He saved us to serve. Romans chapter 6 verse 18 says, And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. So notice your freedom from something should always make you indebted to something else. Right? Out of a great appreciation of what I've been freed from, it should also drive me to live my life in great indebtedness and appreciation for what I've been freed from. And I don't know about you folks. I remember when I struggled with sin. I remember when I didn't want to sin and I couldn't control myself and I did it anyway. And folks, it's a blessing to be free from that today. To have this ability to say no to sin is a tremendous freedom. That everyone in the United States doesn't get to enjoy. If you just turn the news on every night, they can't say no to sin. And folks, we have such a freedom that we can look sin right in the face and say not today. Somebody ought to thank God for that freedom today. And what it should do is lead you to be righteous in your service, not because of anything that you've done, but because of what he made you. See, you're now something because he made you something. You're now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because he made you righteous. You're now an ambassador. You're a a representative for him on earth because he made you that way. There's something that needs to come out of that. See, my my son's been away at a military school, and it's made me even more patriotic. Because you get around all of these retired uh, colonels and all the rest of it, and and you hear their story. And that means something to them. And now they have this indebtedness to serve in some capacity for the rest of their lives. Folks, may we as Christians be found serving when our Lord and Savior returns. When our general and captain comes back, may he not find us sitting, but may he find us serving. Come on, anybody else in here just want to, may he find us serving. Romans chapter 6 verse 22 says, but now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and in the end everlasting life. What a blessing, folks, to be free from sin, to have this privilege to live holy. And holiness is still popular. Not having sex prior to marriage is still the number one goal for every single believer. It should be. See, now, if I was in a holiness church, if I was in a church... The single folks would have said, glory to God, that is the truth, Pastor Greg. Stay right there. Listen to me. Adultery is still wrong. And honoring your marriage covenant still means something to God. And should be the number one goal of every married couple in this building. Come on, married people, can we encourage the, the single folks today? should be the number one goal. And listen to me. It is a privilege to live holy. It is a privilege to not drink alcohol. 
It is an honor to not do drugs. Come on, somebody. It is an honor to not steal, cheat, lie. It is an honor to pay your bills on time. It is a complete privilege to walk up right before God and to live holy in a world where everybody else is living unholy. Folks, it is still the right thing to do, and it is still the most popular decision. You know why? Because it leads to eternal life. Somebody help me celebrate this today. Glory to God. Holiness leads to eternal life. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. I thank God all of our singles have a goal of not sleeping with anyone again until they get married. I just prophesied that in the whole building. See, I didn't know I had that goal. That's because I just prophesied it over you. And you just made it a goal without even knowing it. Glory to God. Come on, somebody. I, I, I prophesy over linked up church. Every marriage stays pure and never goes outside of its covenant to have any of its needs met. That's a real man today, folks. Give me a man that'll stay with his wife, raise his children, and I'll show you a man of God that values holiness. Glory to God. I'll show you a woman of God who values holiness. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I feel like I sense I'm making the devil mad in here today. Can somebody give a big shout of hallelujah in this place today? Come on, we're, we're upsetting hell today, glory to God. Remembering the price that was paid. Folks, that's how you live in honor of it. When somebody got slapped for you, and spit on for you, and stabbed for you, the way you live in honor is to walk in everything that he did that for. Hallelujah. Galatians 5.13 says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, freedom. Only don't use your liberty for an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. I'm honored to say, folks, that I have 24 years this September of full-time service in the kingdom. That's an honor, folks. 28 years of volunteerism. May he never return and find us sitting. But may he return and find us serving. If you're waiting for the right opportunity, it'll never happen. People with this heart find something to do. Hallelujah. How many of y'all glad you came today on this Memorial Day weekend? And I pray that this helps your ribs taste better. How many of y'all got them just simmering right now, soaking? Look, look at that. Just got them soaking right now, right? On, on low, right? right? So that when you come home, you just fire the grill up and, and the meat just falls. Right? Let's stay with the Memorial Day message today. Sitting after salvation leads to neglect. Sitting after salvation leads to neglect. Look at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Sitting after salvation leads to neglect. You start taking for granted what you have. 
Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 says, Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away, New King James Version. For if the word spoken through angels proves steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, the angels, how then shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? which it first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. Let me ask a few questions in here. If you understand what he's saying, if this salvation has been so great to you, you would never neglect it. Has he healed anyone in this room before? There should be a response from that. Has he delivered anyone in this room before? Anyone know what it's like to not have employment and then supernaturally get employment? Come on. Anyone in here knows what it's like to have more bills than you have money to pay those bills. But somehow all those bills get paid. You see what he's saying here? If the salvation has been so great to us, then there's no way we can neglect it. It's done everything for me. I grew up without a father. I grew up poor. I could go on and on and on. My brother and I, first-generation college graduates, first-generation, two individuals to even go to college. God's been good to us. I can just go on and on. No way I should be a husband today. I never grew up seeing a man love his wife. No way I should be a father today but God. So she asks, well, why do I do what I do? Because of what he did for me. There's no way I can neglect it because he's been so good to me. I remember what it was like on the other side. Some of you all don't remember. See, I know what it's like to grow up and and put water in your cereal. See, y'all don't know nothing about that. See, I know what it's like to get some sardines and some Ritz crackers, and that's dinner. Come on, I know what it's like to eat the whole loaf of bread because you're making butter sandwiches, cheese toast. I know you don't know what I'm talking about. I know what it's like to put sugar in water just to sweeten the water up a little bit. I know what it's like to walk around and find cans and bottles back when you can turn them in 10 cents a piece. Come on, come up with enough to buy a 99 cent Big Mac because I'm so hungry. So everything I have today is not because I'm great. It's because God has been great to me. Come on, somebody else ought to hear. So often we're looking at what we don't have. And you, you forget to stop and remember everything that you do have. Come on, if you got a car out there in that parking lot, you need to be thankful for that car. 
Come on, if you're going to leave here and go to an apartment, you're going to go to a condo, you're going to go to a home, you ought to be thankful. I know you're always looking at the one you want, but be thankful for the one that you have. Glory to God. Because you didn't get it on your own. God has been good to you. So sitting after salvation always leads to neglect. So in conclusion today, and I'm led to minister to a few people today because he paid an awesome price for us, folks. Awesome price. How can we sit when men gave their lives for our freedom of religion? Believe it or not, even in those wars, they were fighting so that we could separate church and state and the government not come in here and run the church. How can we sit and not speak of the freedom that Christ offers all men after the price that he paid? How can we use our rights wrongfully when he takes away the rights of others after men gave their lives for those rights? How can we try to satisfy our flesh with the liberty given to us as Christians by Christ? May we never use the grace message to say that God has already forgiven me. Because grace does not teach that. Grace teaches us to deny ungodliness and all worldly lust. And anytime you see or hear a grace message that makes you feel comfortable in sin, it's not the gospel of grace that comes from my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The problem is that most have not paid the price tag for these freedoms we enjoy as citizens of the United States of America. The freedom and liberty that is given to every Christian costs them nothing. But never forget that freedom has a great price and that salvation is free, but it never came cheap. It's very expensive. So when you think about our salvation package, there are three primary things that are in that package that I want to release to you today. One is that we would literally spend our lives free from sickness and disease. So if you're a person in this building today and you have any form of sickness and disease in your body, would you stand to your feet right now? I believe on this day that we're remembering the Lord wants to heal your body. Stand to your feet. Do you have any form of sickness or disease in your body? Praise God. Praise God. Just stand to your feet. Isaiah chapter 53 says that looking to the cross that by his stripes we are healed. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 24, looking back at the cross, I'm sorry, we were healed. Yeah, looking back at the cross says that by his stripes we were healed. So we're on the other side of this, folks. You're not trying to get healed. Healing already belongs to you. Now just receive it and let it run through your body right now and drive out everything that does not belong there. If you're a believer right now, you're near anyone that's standing right now, would you just either stretch your hands towards them or stand up and lay one of your hands right on their shoulders? Scripture says that the believers can pray one for another so that we can be healed. Let's release healing into these bodies right now. Jesus, we're remembering today the ultimate price that you paid for their bodies to be well. Your body was beaten so that theirs could be made whole. 
And so, Father, I release healing. I release wholeness. I release it into their bodies right now from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. I declare that their bodies are healed now in Jesus' name. Now, just lift up your hands and begin to thank God for your healing right now. Come on, lift up your hands, open up your mouth, and thank God for your healing right now. Say, Father, I thank you that I am healed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet and rejoice and act like it is so. There's another ultimate price that, we, that he paid for us. Galatians tells us that he redeemed us from poverty as well. Believe it or not, folks, poverty is not a physical state of being. Poverty is a mental state of being. It's a thought process. And he paid the price, folks. I don't care where you live, what side of the tracks you were born on. If you'll renew your thinking, he'll rise you right out of poverty and into debt freedom like he designed this entire thing to be. I told you I shouldn't have nothing based off of where I came from. But because I allowed that word to transform my mind, it's literally brought everything to my life that he said would be in my life. So if you're suffering lack in any area of your life, bills that cannot be paid, debt that is overwhelming, loans that are drowning you, stand to your feet right now. We're going to get that off of you right now in the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet. I'm talking about I've got more outgo than income. I've got more loans than I know what to do with. It's okay, folks. Nothing to be embarrassed about. We all started somewhere. 20-something years ago, I would have stood right up with everybody else in this room because it took the power of God to get me out of it. It's not a time to be embarrassed or shame. It's a time to get the freedom that God already provided for you through Jesus Christ. So if that's you, stand to your feet right now. If someone is standing near you, I want you to either stretch your hands towards them right now or I want you to lay your hands on their shoulders and let's get in agreement with them right now. Father, I join my faith with every person standing right now who is experiencing lack in any area of their lives. You more than made up the difference through the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, Father, as they begin to renew their minds, there will be a transformation in their lives financially. And they'll go from not having enough to having more than enough, Father. I pray right now that every book that they read, every scripture that they study, I pray that you'll give them a generous spirit, Father. You'll teach them how to give their way out of poverty, Father, and give their way over into abundance. I thank you right now, Lord God, that every person in this room, Father, they'll get a revelation, Father. It'll hit their spirits, illuminate their minds, and they'll be quick to obey whatever it is that you show them and however you lead them to come out of their situation. And so I declare right now that every person in this room is financially free, they are debt free, and they are made whole in Jesus' name. And if you believe that, just lift up your hands right now. Come on, thank God for that financial freedom. Come on, give him glory for it. Come on, shout about it. Believe that you are already free before you get free. Come on, act like you have money before you have money. Act like all your bills are paid before you pay even one bill. It's a mindset, folks. It's not a position. It's a mindset. You've got to see yourself that way before you can actually be that way. Hallelujah. I'm talking about with Lynn in your pocket. Act like you can treat everybody in the room. 
before you know it, you'll be able to treat everybody in the room. Let's everyone stand to your feet right now. There's one more tremendous benefit that we should remember on this day. He paid the price for our eternal life. That was one of the biggest reasons. We've handled poverty today. We've handled physical sickness and disease. Now, what about your eternity today? That one right there, folks. Listen. (laughs) My body being well and money in my pocket means nothing. Scripture says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? Loses his own soul. So as we're remembering today, where are you at with eternity? Where are you at with that ultimate decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? So I want to give you an opportunity to make a life change.